Hi, this is Jeff Kober, and we welcome you to this Disney at Work podcast. Here today, we're going to share best in business ideas from the happiest place on earth, even a place that's under a pandemic. Recently, Disney CEO Bob Chapek in a Bloomberg interview shared the following, quote, Our guest satisfaction scores since we have reopened across the world have shown that indeed our guests are more satisfied than they were even before the pandemic. Is this so? Is Disney's customer satisfaction better than prior to the pandemic? How could it be when COVID has slowed everything down, when guests are having to make a reservation, wear masks, stay socially distant? How could you have better customer satisfaction when there are no parades, no character meet and greets, when many of the shows and attractions are not available and no fireworks mark the conclusion of a park day? Well, we're gonna look at how this is not only possible, but what implications there are in your organization and how you should consider the possibilities of improving customer satisfaction, even under the most difficult of times. You may want to actually reference back to our disneyatwork.com site, where we have uh, all of these show notes kind of outlined and also some photos and links that you may want to refer to. But at the end of the day, we're going to provide you some very interesting notions on how it is possible that customer satisfaction could be better now in the parks than it was prior to all of this pandemic craziness happening. I offer a number of reasons as to why this might be so. The first is Disney's most loyal guests are the ones entering the park. They're the ones who are coming to visit. It really helps that the ones who are visiting are ones who really want to come and will agree with the compliance requirements that Disney sets in place. They are the ones who marked highly satisfied when they came to the parks even before the pandemic. Highly satisfied guests are typically the most loyal customers and Typically, they show that loyalty by being advocates to the park, by visiting more often, and by spending more when they visit. In this instance, as loyal guests to the park, their ability to tolerate Disney's shortcomings during this pandemic is much greater because they truly believe that Disney is doing all it can to mitigate the situation. They subscribe to Disney's positive intent to what they are trying to do to manage the parks during this time of COVID. Bob Chapek in the interview said there is, quote, tremendous trust in the brand. Guests know that Disney's going to do it right, end of quote. I think an example of Disney having its most loyal people in the parks right now is the fact that when the resort side of the house reopened, what was the first to reopen? Even before the parks reopened, Disney Vacation Club or DVC reopened to its members. Now, it is one thing to come to the park frequently. It is another thing to put tens of thousands of dollars 
on the line and up front so you can enjoy that stay at Disney year after year after year, even though you might have to pay dues and other kinds of things. This is probably some of the most loyal of Disney's customers. And those were the first things that Disney opened was the DVC. Now, in truth, Disney opened those DVC because they had to make sure those points were utilized. Otherwise, the whole system would get backed up and Disney would have to change out contracts and agreements. And there are a lot of legal implications to that. So Disney needed to get DVC reopened as soon as possible. But all that said and done, DVC responded, DVC guests responded, and in truth, they're the ones who are especially filling up those parks coming from um, coming from the resort side of the house. The other uh, group that is very much sustaining, I believe, the Walt Disney World experience is Disney Annual Pass holders. They, again, love the park so much that they commit to spending um, hundreds and hundreds of dollars toward an annual pass to come back every um, every as often as they can possibly come. So when you have those people who are already loyal to the brand coming, obviously you're, you're, you're going to skew your results. You're going to end up with better customer satisfaction results. But that isn't the only reason. And, and there are still very many good reasons um, why this is occurring. Uh, particularly on Disney's part. The second reason that uh, that the, this customer satisfaction is much higher is because anticipation is pent up. When you have had to wait longer than ever before to come, you are going to be in a more favorable place to receive the experience. People derive value from anticipation. It's almost Pavlovian. In fact, Jason uh, Marschello, a business strategist, referred to the work of um, Lowenstein when he noted that, quote, whether we are salivating about our dinner plans for this evening or excited about an upcoming Disney vacation, anticipating future events is a direct source of value, end of quote. In other words, the longer we have to wait for something, the greater the value we put on the experience ahead of us. We know that to be true. Anything consumed constantly has a lesser value than something we get to enjoy or savor as a once in a while treat. Disney fans have waited longer for the chance to return. Thus, their excitement, their energy, and appreciation for what lies ahead, well, it's going to be greater. And that appreciation is going to translate into higher customer satisfaction scores. So the first is that Disney's loyal, most loyal are the ones entering the parks right now. Second is that the anticipation is pent up. Third is that while that anticipation is great, their expectations of their experience being just like it was on their first visit or their favorite visit are far less. Expectations are less. Even given the anticipation, there is another corollary involved here. Guests are coming in. Um, guests are coming in with lesser expectations as it relates to social distancing, wearing a mask, and even missing some of their favorite moments like a parade or fireworks. 
Disney has known this because for years, and this is an example of this, their guest satisfaction scores have generally been better. You may not, you may be surprised to know this, but generally speaking, over the over the years, over the decades, their guest satisfaction scores have generally been better during peak holiday seasons like spring break or Christmas or the 4th of July. Why? Because those guests coming in already know the crowds are going to be crazy, they're going to be significant, and what you're able to do on New Year's Eve in terms of visiting all your favorite attractions and so forth are going to be less uh, on days like this. Um, in fact, it reminds me of the song, Mama Said, There'll Be Days Like This. There'll be days like this, Mama Said. You know that song, right? Well, knowing that it won't be the same creates a lower expectation, even though you still have high anticipation, which was the number two reason. So you have high anticipation, even though you have lower expectation. Then when something special happens in the park, like a character cavalcade, expectations are so much more easily exceeded. In fact, exceeding expectation is at the heart of what you want to do to create greater customer satisfaction. Because when you can exceed them, even just by a little bit, you really, people, people again, put a five out of a one on five scale as to how their experience was at a Disney park. I remember not too, too many trips into um, returning to the parks. I decided to pick up the, you know, the candied almonds, um, which, by the way, they do not sell at Epcot. Is that not the strangest thing that they don't sell candy almonds at Epcot, but they sell them in all the other parks? Well, I went over to a little Fantasyland stand uh, while my daughter was getting in line for the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. It was the end of the day. In fact, that's really the best time to get into that line is right in the last two minutes because there aren't others who are um, being um, moved around um, through the former fast pass line because they, they have a VIP pass or their special needs. So so the line goes very quickly. But anyway, she was getting in line. I went over to get some candied almonds. They were closing up, just getting ready to close up for the day. And you know what? When I ordered those almonds, they handed it to me and said, hey, it's on the house. Now, in truth, they had extra that would have gone to the trash. But still, that little extra giving me something I wasn't expecting for free. Wow! You know? That just exceeded my expectations of what I was going to experience there. And when those little moments happen, big or little, that, that again creates higher customer satisfaction. Now, I just mentioned FastPass. That's number four. I believe that no FastPass is another reason why expectations have been exceeded by, um, in, in terms of the guest experience. The biggest guest frustration, always been, probably will never change, it's having to wait in line. Now, Disney addressed that back in 2000 by creating this thing called the Fast Pass, which would guarantee you that two or three of your favorite attractions, theoretically, if you could get Fast Passes to your two or three favorite attractions, would allow you to not have to wait, quote unquote, so long in line. Because really, in a fast pass scenario, you don't walk on the ride. You just simply go to a much, much shorter wait. But it's still a wait. Anyway, the parks are not currently utilizing fast pass. 
And initially, especially, I've heard this from people talking about how disappointed, how one of the reasons they don't want to come back to the parks is because there's no fast pass right now. Um, in lieu of that, there's simply the standby queue. It's being essentially used um, as the as the as the queue. Is the fast pass bit queue being used? Yes. For those who pay a premium, and I mean thousands of dollars, to have a VIP host, they're able to to bypass and use that line. Also, guests with special needs and abilities, they are able to use that, which is the right thing to happen, right? However, not so big on the VIP thing, but the special needs, I totally get that. However, now you have all the guests that were in the FastPass line, traditionally with FastPass, they're now in the standby line. And the standby line is now much, much longer. Um, the first initial impression when you visit, it can be daunting because of social distancing, they're separating groups by around six feet uh, per party. And so as a result, it just looks overwhelming. But what guests don't know is once they get in line, it becomes almost a stroll down that line. Yes, a long line, but it becomes a stroll. Now on FastPass, what happens is you get in line and you stand there and you wait. And then every minute or two, you take a few more steps forward, about another 10, 15, 20 steps. And then you stop and you wait and you wait. And then you walk another 15, 20 steps. And that's how you go through a standby queue. And why are you waiting? Because all those fast people, fast pass people are being put in front of you. With no fast pass or barely anybody there, you're practically just walking. In fact, at the end of the day, going back to the Seven Dwarfs Mind Ride thing, you are literally walking the queue. Just about. I mean, there's a pause or two here or there. But for the most part, after the park's closed, when you don't have any special needs, anybody using the Fast Pass, any VIP guests, then you are practically walking toward the front. That's how quickly they are able to move the guests into, into the attraction. Um, and so once you, you're in the queue, you find out the experience goes much quicker. Um, and this is actually creating a sense that the queue is much more reasonable than one initially thought. Psychologically, it does to the mind what longer weighted stand, uh, longer stated wait times does to the mind when the wait is actually shorter than the stated time. What do I mean by that? If you come to the Haunted Mansion or to an attraction, you see a sign and it says the expectation is 30 minutes. Well, what is happening is the ride, the queue is actually probably only 20, 25 minutes in wait. And so what happens, you get toward the front and go, oh, well, we only waited 20 minutes in line. Oh, that's not so bad. But if we had posted 20 minutes and you had had to wait 25 minutes, which would have still been shorter than 30 minutes, you would have been disappointed by the length of the line, even though it was a shorter actual wait than 30 minutes. In other words, there's something your brain is saying, saying, hey, I got a good deal here. The same thing happens when you go into that daunting, long standby line right now during the pandemic. It looks long, but by and large, it generally moves pretty good. Assuming, assuming you do not have a lot of guests, VIP guests and guests with special needs coming in front. Um, and boy, I have seen that occur. Last night I was at the Magic Kingdom 
and I just studied the small world line, which was about a 40 minute wait. It was a, it should not be a 40 minute wait. Those boats bring guests through faster than anything. But at the end of the day, those guests with VIP or those guests with special needs, they've done the mountains, they've done the big rides. Now they wanted to do their favorites and Small World is one of those favorites. And so there was a lot of people going in front of the standby line, the standby line was going slower. Probably wasn't 40 minutes, probably was only 30, 35 minutes, but still, again, in that case, disappointing. However, by and large, by and large, compared to fast pass days, the queue is actually going much, much quicker than it has um, before, with the exception of a few moments during the day with certain attractions. All right, so that, uh, let's go back. To, first, Disney's most loyal are entering the park. Second, the anticipation is pent up. Third, um, guest expectations coming in are less. Four, we don't have to deal with the fast pass, which creates faster, lines which is the biggest headache in the park and then number five i think disney's just getting better at its game bob chapek shared the following during that interview he said quote we've learned some things we've learned to operate under constraints all the time by delivering this great disney magic you expect but we've been in a fortunate situation where we've had a lot of demand in the past in many cases that has exceeded what we can actually supply in terms of how many people we can put in the park. Then he goes on to say this, but we've gotten even better and better at it. And I think we're going to create a reemergence scenario where magic is going to be even greater when we open back up the parks. I think that all of the assumptions of what works at Disney has been re-examined during this pandemic and that management and frontline have found better ways of making things work. A simple example of that is increasing the number of mobile express or mobile ordering options in the parks. Another example of that is piloting the new mobile shopping uh, app at, um, at Mouse Gears and, and um, other locations. I'll give you an example of something I observed last night when I was at the Magic Kingdom. I saw, um, as I get, went to order some hot chocolates at Starbucks, it was a little colder that evening, last night. When I got to the counter to order, mind you, there's a plastic shield in front, or has been since reopening, and the guests are wearing a mask. And yet, they had since, in the last weeks or so, put in this speaker and microphone into the acrylic shield. And it allowed you to better understand what the server was saying, and it, or the, the counter host was saying, and it allowed them to better understand what you were ordering. And so that just, that little thing made the customer experience better. But what really surprised me is as I finished putting in my order, I was about ready to move um, move to, to the left to get into that standby area, but where you stand around waiting for your refreshment to be prepared. And the counter host said, oh, wait here for a moment. 
And then I waited probably about 45 seconds, 45, 50 seconds until somebody's order was claimed. And then he designated, directed me to a green dot in that waiting area. Now, early on when the parks reopened, you had this social distancing in line to go order your drink. But once you were waiting for your drink, it was anything goes. Now they have put a green dot and have separated out the guests so that while they're waiting, they're not socially next to each other. Again, it's a little thing, but it's, it's emblematic of the idea that they are constantly thinking about how to improve um, their experience. Bob Chapek speaks to this as well in the interview. And in many ways, I believe it to be true. He says, quote, in addition to all health guidelines that we've been following across the world, we're also going to be introducing a new reservation system that's going to enable our guests to have a great time no matter when they choose to come to Disney. Our teams have been hard at work making sure that when we reemerge, that we're going to do so in a way that's actually going to improve the guest experience, even versus a pre-pandemic situation. What he's basically saying is we're working on technologies, on processes, on services that will improve the customer experience even after we get past the pandemic. And I know from my talking to other cast members around the property, that is true. Take the Disney Cruise Line. Even though that is not happening, even though we don't even know a date for when we're boarding, they are investing a significant amount of dollars in the current ships to prep them and ready them, not for a COVID type experience, just to prepare them for better experience. One of the things that they are doing is improving the IT systems in on the ships. I know that they are investing a considerable amount of money on that, that issue. And that is an issue on the ships. And so we're seeing we're seeing all sorts of things that Disney is doing to just make it better. And that's why I think the customer service ratings are better is because they're working to make it better. Now, all that said and done, in summary, when one considers all the above, you could surmise that really we're kind of doing a comparison of apples and oranges. How can you say the customer satisfaction is better when in truth, the whole scenario situation is so different than what it was before the pandemic. And in truth, that is the case. However, customer service, it's never a static thing. Even at Disney, there's always the holidays. There's always the peak times. There's always the hurricane that plowed through. There's always times when popular attractions go down expectedly and unexpectedly and so forth. A Disney park is not some isolated variable in a lab, in a Petri dish. It, rather, it's a constantly changing and dynamic experience. And yet, you still have to satisfy customers no matter what your circumstances are and what the situation may dictate. The trick is to be an organization that is agile and can pivot to meet those changing circumstances and needs. I think this experience has helped Disney to think more about pivoting about doing more out of the box than what they could do or what they thought to do previously and what could be done for the guest experience even after the pandemic is over. Now, 
in every Disney at Work podcast, we provide complimentary free souvenirs for your organization. Ask yourself the following as it relates to your business and where you take care of customers. First, how do you create loyal customers that will support you even in the toughest of times? Next, how can difficult times give you the permission needed to rethink your assumptions and paradigms about what works and what could be better? Third, do your customers anticipate doing business with you? How does that anticipation enhance their value of working or doing business with you? Next, how can you exceed expectations when those expectations are lowered by surrounding circumstances? Fifth, how can you use tough times as a stepping off point to move out of the box and implement new ways to improve? And finally, how can your organization be more agile, more flexible, more capable of pivoting, whether in good times or bad? Well, that concludes our Disney at Work podcast. I don't do enough of these. I love doing Disney at Work, and I love my Disney at Play podcast as well as, as the posts and all that we have. Hey, either way, if you visit the Wayfinder Society, you will find opportunities to enjoy the Disney magic as well as see best in business practices from Disney at work. Our new Patreon program, the Wayfinder Society, is intended to give you new insights to all things Disney, whether it's work or play. Yes, what you do is you help to support this podcast and the cost of it, but in return, we offer value. I'm really excited to share this with you because there are interactive apps and very cool things that you can enjoy as part of being a member of the Wayfinder Society. Different levels, beginning at $5, going on up, and they offer you really cool things for you to enjoy. So when you donate, by the way, a portion of your contribution goes to Embrace Celebration, which is dedicated to helping Disney cast members and others in this area who are unemployed, who are just kind of struggling during this pandemic. So learn more, make sure you visit our site to discover our offerings and various tiers. Be sure to join us. And know that if you come to Disney at work.com or to my sister site, performancejourneys.com, you can find more ideas around customer service. I have in, wow, 25 years led in writing more things about customer service at Disney than any individual out there because this was my job back at Disney and it has continued through my books, my interactive apps, and so forth. And so if you want to improve customer service, give us a call. Let us know we can help just listen. Listening is the best gift I can give you, at least. We can just talk about what's happening, what's working, what's not working. Recently, I just helped an organization who had had to shift away from traditional customer services experiences with um, calling up a customer service rep or talking to a person live in person to a chat. But you know what? There are great tools out there that we provide for providing a great chat experience. And you'll want to check those out too. Anyway, lots to see, lots to do. 
when you check out disneyatwork.com or my sister site, performancejourneys.com. And hey, give us a call. Let us know with workshops, with training and development, we offer all sorts of solutions that have been proven with customers in the public, private, and nonprofit arenas. So give us a call. Finally, we thank you for joining us and being part of this podcast. And as we say in all of our podcasts, be sure, wherever you are, whatever you do, follow the compass of your heart. Have a great day. We'll see you real soon.